here at David Littlejohn and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, you know what time it is. It is your favorite Tuesday you've had all week. I am your host, David Littlejohn, in studio. Joining me is mostly Katie Shuck. It still makes me laugh. I I laugh at you every week. Like this joke doesn't get old, and it it amazes me that I still laugh. But every time you start saying it, I just start giggling. It's like Mr. Rogers. It is the best way to start your Tuesday. It is. If you're just waking up. Well, Otherwise, I was say the best way to end your Tuesday, right? Like right before you go home, or if you're on your commute home from work. We are going to have a great time today. We are going to cover all kinds of fun. We are going to learn about new gadgets. Okay. I have fun um, fun data that's not yet data to share. Uh, I know that makes what? a ton of sense. Fun right? data that's not yet data to yeah, share. Yeah, it's not real. It's, just, uh, it's just, made up data? It's starting to percolate in medical communities. It's kind of cool. All right, then. Okay. Uh, and I am not a qualified in any way, shape, or form to discuss these things, which makes it that much more exciting on air. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're not qualified on a medical basis because you do right. not have a medical background. Correct. But you are qualified on a data basis because you do data analysis for sure. well, Littlejohn. And this one is more of a, let's just let's just get it out there, right? I'll, so I am starting to see some research, and I'm going to delve into this more because I find the COVID stuff it's really fascinating. Um, for a lot of folks, it's really aggravating. And I'm not going to lie and oh, say it's I aggravating for me. I have been aggravated by this. And then the uh, varying responses and the varying. And here's because once you, once politicians get a hold of stuff, you realize that this is all a grand, uh, or a big part of it anyway, becomes a grand experiment in political science. True. Okay? And what we're trying to do is divvy up the votes. So you pick issues that become polarizing with the idea that you can get people to throw away their vote at a single issue. Right? Is that what COVID is now? So COVID, in some respects, has become a polarizing issue. It's like the mask thing, right? Yeah, people that... Uh, you're, you see data on both sides, and frankly, the government has provided data on both sides at different points. And so then you get folks kind of you know, harumph, harumph about it. And it comes down to, well, are you team compliant or team non-compliant? Right. Right? I mean, it's kind of how it goes. And, uh, or then I guess in the middle, there's like team reluctantly compliant. It's like, well, I don't like <laughs> that, it, but I'll do it. That might be my team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably my team is it's like, well, I mean, okay. I'm not like, you know, if the government says to do something, I'll do it. Doesn't mean I won't grumble about it, yeah, but I'll I'm do a, it. I'm like, I'm not non-compliant. Until I believe the rules cross certain boundaries well there's things that i don't there's just things i don't understand like they don't make any sense to me like i understand having rules when they make sense but when things don't make sense then i just kind of go why did you do it that way uh, well mine are more of a at what point can you be insubordinate and it's when the order starts to violate the protection of somebody else inappropriately right you know when you start doing things that sort of lack a moral baseline the, there, you know, there is a threshold at which you go. That rule is designed to hurt people or to play favorites with people, and that's not right. I mean, that's when all of a sudden, you know, my interest peaks. But if it's just like do the speed limit, I go, all right. Well, we're all doing the speed limit, and it's arbitrary from a moral perspective as to what was the proper speed. You know, there may be some other data for how severe an accident is, but you, you know, don't don't misunderstand or misconstrue the contact, construct here. It's just that's a rule that okay, we follow the rule. 
it doesn't really harm anybody to follow it. That's the issue. Um, if it, if a rule is designed to harm people, it's like when soldiers do, you know, like torture prisoners or something. Like, well, that's an order you shouldn't follow. You know, that's broken. <laughs> I get it. I realize I'm getting a little extreme here, but that's the point. That's what I mean by reluctantly following rules. I may not like them, but look, eat your vegetables. There you go. Well, and the hardest part is I've seen, of course, following Facebook, right? Anytime I see something on Facebook, I want to dig deeper and make sure that I have the right data. So what the difference is between a law and a recommendation, right? Because I've had a lot of people posting like, oh, the governor can recommend things, but that doesn't make it the law. How does that work? I don't even know. I'm not really trying to get into the, the legals. I wanted to go to a different point that I think is kind of exciting um, for the future of this. Oh, a lot let's of people talk are about saying, that. You know, I don't know what, like the rules, the shutdowns, the this, the that. Again, there's some tribal issues going on there. Yeah, right? yeah. There's some, hey, we're going to issue an order because there's some medical rationale behind it. But then here's the, the neat or the, the encouraging news behind some of this is it appears that the mutation cycle is weakening. Right. Right. And so that with each iteration, as people get exposed to it, uh, and also there appears to be some significant factors around age that's a, that's a, a big cofactor to this, as well as some other cofactors. And uh, like uh, blood type is a cofactor. Oh, really? Yeah. If you're a blood type, you're potentially more susceptible. Oh, crap. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Dang it. it, David. I was hoping you'd pick a different letter. Nailed it. Uh, a pause. Woohoo. <laughs> Watch and, out now. And then you've got, um, <laughs> you know, hypertension. They, they think high A1C, which is so blood sugar levels. If you have a high blood sugar level, typically that can make you susceptible. That's a diabetic marker. Hmm. Uh, and, Interesting. Uh, obesity is a marker. So all of those are co-occurring conditions. And then uh, as we age, it makes you more and more susceptible. And as best I can tell, you, know, you figure if you have a respiratory attack, and your other systems are weakened, that respiratory attack may be enough to take the systems and sort of create a cascade failure. Fascinating. Right. So okay. anyway, if the virus is kind of, if it's iterating weaker and weaker and weaker, then it sort of burns itself out. And it, it so far doesn't appear to be exhibiting some of the characteristics of flu where it iterates and it just kind of keeps mutating and hanging around and maintaining status quo. So that, that is a positive that there may yet be a light at the end of this tunnel. Oh, I hope so. But I did want to use this. So this is a fun game. I wanted to, I wanted to play a game with you, Katie. Ooh, okay. okay. I like games. When we were, t we were discussing, what are we going to talk about on the show today? And what did we plan? Nothing. Okay. No, that's that, that, that actually, <laughs> it's true, right? It's been because of a, a number of reasons. You're about to see a show that deals with things so i'm when when we are less prepared i go to home base which is where i feel really comfortable right which is what usually we start delving into either the arena of financial planning and decision making with money or we get into economics and behavior of the stock market and i got to thinking about a lot of people are wondering if they should buy or sell in the markets right now and what the heck is going on and as I thought about this, I thought, you know what might be a useful and valuable experiment? What? For me to go through some of the data that we track and then to see if 
your uh, to, to kind of play a game with you, right? So, dear Katie, why don't we play this game where I bring up some data points and I want to hear what you think they mean, and then we'll see if we agree or not. Oh, okay. okay. And the idea is... By the this, way, I have not been prepped for this show, so these are not canned answers. I just want to clarify that, that right now. That was really intentional, right? Because what I want to do is give a sense of... I'm kind of Joe Public. Like, I would kind of... I mean, I would view myself as like the average person. Right. So, yeah. So, anyway. I'm kind of Joe Public. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile... Um, so, so the reason for this, too, is I want our listeners to get a sense of, okay, well, how does a pro look at this? And then I'm going to share with you kind of another tool that I recently stumbled across that cracks me up because uh, I didn't know it existed and should have, but it makes sense why I didn't know it existed. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know it existed because it's built around a platform that we don't play with. Oh, okay. That makes sense. There is something, and you're going to chuckle because, you know, Little John Financial, but there is a different firm out there. It's not a firm like ours that is an advisory firm that helps other investors. Okay. It is a firm made for do-it-yourselfers. Okay. So... And so different pool, which is why we don't really play in that pool because we're not into the habit of helping people DIY. We're in the habit of helping people not have to worry about their money. Yes. We take the worry for them. Okay. So the DIY investor has discovered an app called Robinhood. Right. Okay. Which you guys may or may not have heard about. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it mentioned among circles of peers of mine. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you've heard of Robinhood, right? Okay. But whatever the case... Robinhood is this, um, it, it's a DIY app for investors for trading. So you can have a trading account with Robinhood. First, I've learned that Robinhood, this, this blew my mind. Thing that, didn't ex- that I didn't know existed has something called Robin Track. Oh, that's where you got it. Okay, so what is Robin Track? Robin Track is, it, it, it tracks the stocks that are most popularly traded in Robinhood. Oh, well, that would make sense to track that data. It does make like sense. Like who's picking? My... Yeah, it's like tracking ponies at the track. At the track. Yeah, in a sense. <laughs> Which and one's so, the winner ponies? <laughs> uh, it's fascinating to me because Robin Track will uh, let you know, for example, the, the top holdings, popularity change, and so forth. Uh, uh, but this it's, is all based on data that like people are choosing it's out of their these. Own it's system. not like today. Uh, Rigel Pharmaceuticals actually had the largest change in popularity. Tesla is still at the in the number two spot. Amazon's number nine. Disney's number ten. Apple's twelve. Microsoft thirteen. Uh, American Airlines is sixteen. It actually had a decline today of a little bit. But, American Airlines is in there, huh? Yeah, so it's fascinating to see. And, and huh. here's why I find this interesting. Because a lot of what's going on in Robinhood is with the millennials. And they're new traders. And I do say they're trading stocks. And so you get a different perspective from the market from traders than I think you do from investment management 
pros, right? So call it retail versus pro. Okay. And what that means. Because uh, the other is, you know, if you know Robinhood, then you've heard of YOLO, right? Mm-hmm. So do our listeners know what YOLO is? I don't think they do. Okay. If you want to know what it means, stick around. We're going to take a break. We have to do that from time to time. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what YOLO means in the stock market. Because it's... <laughs> and then we'll get into the analysis. We'll put Katie on the spot. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. Yeah, True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Dave Littlejohn and... Katie Shook. Okay, we're playing the game here. And first, hey, what is YOLO? What I know YOLO is, is you only live once. Exactly. And YOLO is kind of a millennial phrase in in many regards. And in the trading world, it is like go big or go home. Right? Which makes sense. That fits that you only live once. Right? So people will take really aggressive positions in the stock market. Sometimes it's like home runs and people make major money. Other times... It is a complete and unmitigated disaster. So is this like speculation then? Well, no, it, it could be in that regard, right? Uh, but this is uh, one of the issues with millennial. Like, did you know that there was a person that got Robin Hood, this app we were talking about? There's a story about a young person that uh, ended up committing suicide because Robin Hood extended them so much. Oh, margin leverage. or something that yeah, they so you much couldn't pay back. in their margin account, and they had some option trades that went against them, and they got so upside down that they freaked out and committed suicide. Yeah, uh-huh. I heard about that. Yeah, so this is a that's a, a genuine tragedy. In no way, shape, or form am I making light of what was going on there uh, at all. But okay. but, but it also to bring it home a little bit too. Trading is not a game. This isn't a game oh, no, for your... Trading can totally be a game. No, but I mean, it's not a PlayStation game. It's not like when you lose, you start over and hit the reset button and you get to go again. Like, oh, no, this is real money. Well, that's what YOLO is kind of about, though. It's just sort of really reckless uh, trading. And so that's one of the concerns that uh, a lot of professionals are seeing. And that's one of the things that makes this market interesting and volatile right now is that a lot of new people have evidently entered the market and are trading because COVID, everybody's kind of at home looking for stuff to do. So what are they doing? They're trying to turn a dollar into two. So to me, it's an interesting story, but I'm not going to talk about, I don't really know how people make those decisions. I know how we make some decisions. So let's, let's play a game, Katie. Okay. And I'm going to share with you some data and I want you to try to tell me what you think it means. So there is something called a style box. Okay. okay. Now, in your mind, everybody listening, just sort of picture. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. That would be bad. Okay. Or at work. Yeah. Your boss might not look good either. At work, you know, you, you choose your own adventure. But, you know, not <laughs> if, if you're operating machinery, don't close your don't eyes. Don't close your eyes. Okay. So but a style box. In your mind, picture a tic-tac-toe. Okay. Okay. And... On the left-hand column, there's three boxes. The top will be the big companies. The mi- the middle one on the left is medium-sized companies, and the small one on the left is small companies. So these are like large, large cap, mid cap, and small cap. Correct. Okay. And hey, there's there's three rows across, right? Right. So if you're if you're labeling, we just said. The top one is large, large cap, then middle is medium, medium and cap, small and then small is on cap. The bottom. 
then on the left-hand column, all those three would be value is the, is the term for it, or low book to market. Okay. Low book to market. Okay. The middle column is a blend. Okay. And then the far right column is growth. And growth uh, typically is defined as stocks that are expected to uh, grow for the next five years. And they, they rarely pay a dividend out because they are reinvesting in the growth of the company. So right. a company like Amazon doesn't pay a dividend to investors. It just keeps Growing building. the business, it just keeps building, yeah, bigger and bigger. Right, so that's a growth infrastructure stock. It's reinvestment, and then you know the the hybrids are somewhere in between. They may pay a dividend and be growing, so it's a combination. It just depends on the business cycle. So you've got these th these three columns, nine boxes. Okay, and if you look in the left hand column, all three boxes for the last thirty days, thirty calendar days, the average share price in that column has been declining. Oh. Okay, as a group. Okay. okay. Individual positions can buck that trend, but in general, everything in the value category, regardless of size of company, has been declining for the last 30 days. Okay. In the middle column, the top of the middle column, the large companies, the last 30-day trend is positive, but the medium and small companies, the trend for 30 days is And negative. what was the middle column again? Blend. Blend. And Neither blend. growth nor value. It's a mixture of the two. Okay. So reinvesting some money in the company and paying out dividends to some. In theory, yes. Okay. Then the right-hand column is the growth column. And both the large, mid-size, and small-size holdings in those categories, the average has all been trending positive for the last 30 days. Oh, Okay, so the right-hand side of the, the square is all 30-day positive. The left-hand side is all 30-day negative. negative. And, and somewhere the middle, in the middle is a mix. Only the very large companies have a positive trend. The medium and small companies have a negative trend. So now that you've kind of painted this mental picture, okay, what do you think that that would indicate? Like, like that, that is not a discussion of the economy or anything. It's just behavior of stocks and prices based on size and whether they're growth companies or value companies. So what does it look like to you? Like, first of all, describe what you think it means. I would think it means that the growth companies are reinvesting into more growth and people see that as a positive thing. Like the company is still. So they do that anyway. By definition, that's what growth companies right. do. But I mean, but, you know, Google sometimes goes down in price, even though they're reinvesting in Google. So I, don't I would, think that's to me, it just means on. that like the profits are steady or they're finding ways to continue to make money in this cycle. I'm not sure I understand the question. Okay. Well, the interesting thing is it has nothing to do with any of those. I mean, it may, but what it tells me in the simplest form is investors are still buying those stocks because uh -huh. the price is going up, right? If the market is a voting machine, people are voting in favor of those stocks over the value stocks. Interesting. So the question is, why are they voting for those stocks, and why are they voting for big stocks more than small stocks? Are they br like more brand familiarity? Uh, you tell me. What do you think? Well, can you name a couple of them that would be in that category for me? In well, so really large companies that are large, still growth. Large companies that are growth. Amazon, Apple, Google. So I feel like Facebook. those are companies that are very familiar to the public or they think, oh, well, I use Amazon. I should invest in Amazon right now. Or, you know, like I know when I think of Amazon, I think, man, I bet Amazon has 
gone up in income because of everybody being home and not being able to go to the stores that often. So they're probably so ordering more online. Walmart. I still think a lot of people go to Walmart. So I don't. Walmart's not a growth company in the same sense. It's a middle. Right. Because, I mean, income. you can order stuff, but I feel like they don't have as some stores that I shop at in person. When I go to order online, everything's not available online to order. So I'm still kind of forced to go to the store versus Amazon's like, I don't have a store. So you have to buy everything online. So I think it kind of offers a little bit so more. This, this is perfect. Okay. Because I'd be willing to wager that a bunch of our listeners are going, yeah, that seems reasonable. Like I and and as a as a professional analyst and and remember, I've been doing this for twenty years. Right. Okay. Katie's been doing this for six. Six. But not and not Katie's trading capacity, and not. Yeah, Katie's capacity is like rock star administration. Yes. Right? She knows how to make <laughs> stuff behind the scenes go like you wouldn't believe. But, but I don't do with the trading yeah, and she, I don't deal with the investment side of it. Right, like I'm so, not on the investment committee. Right. That's not my job. Right. And and we on the radio show, by the way, that's on purpose. We don't bring all investment committee people in here. We'd nerd out. Oh my gosh, yeah. You guys would like roll your eyes in right. five we, minutes we'd and nerd not out. listen. But the investment committee looks at this and we discern something different than what you just described. Really? Yeah. So really. what what do you see? Well, what we see is and this is the royal. We, so I'm a lot, you know, I'm on the investment committee. So, but but I'm reflecting what the the consensus was primarily from the the committee meeting which we met this morning. Is that the markets are biased to growth over value because primarily the growth companies that are reinvesting have been building uh, in an economic environment that is it's less closely linked to a requirement for people to physically go on site. Right. Okay. So. If Isn't you that have what an I said? online presence, well, there was there was some elements to that, well, right? Right. But why the, the and the big companies are a safety play, because people are and why not value? Because low book to market tends to reflect distress, and so we see this as a safety trade, not as a trade based on any. I mean, in the economic conditions, you go, I want my money to be where it can grow. That's the safest trade possible, and it's a trade off because fixed income is super expensive right. right so there's no you can't get any yield in a checking or savings account right now no it's, there's they aren't paying anything cds are paying close to nothing so bonds are so the 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 return for the amount of risk you're taking is so extraordinarily low in fixed income that we think people are substituting for the stock market and what they're doing in that substitution is looking for things that are safe and tried and true and so that becomes the large trade and the growth out favors value because it it looks to be companies that are growing and reinvesting appear safer than companies that have distressed market value. So could you name somebody that would be in the red category just in the red category? Like so you said like Boeing. Um, okay, and I would Right, Boeing is not growing right now. They just reported negative 70 airplanes I think for the quarter. So yeah. they're losing more orders than they're gaining. They've historically been a growth company, but they did pay a dividend. And right now with the airline industry in deep trouble, that company is in limbo. Now, I think there are other, we've talked on the show about, and I can't, none of what we're talking about, any of these stocks that I'm going to share today, these are not recommendations. No, we're just you telling you. You do your homework. Right. Okay? This is not recommendations. No. I think Boeing has other interesting elements to it. 
because it has uh, elements of being a defense contractor. I was going to say, they have like aerospace stuff too, don't they? Yes. And so, so they have other areas that right. they can kind of be protective but, about, but, but you don't hear about this. But they're beat up and they're losing money like well, crazy. Well, airlines, just, like that's why I was surprised when you said American Airlines because I'm like, really? Because airlines are being beat up right now, right? Like planes are not full. Nobody's traveling. You keep getting well, new COVID restrictions. It's a, it is a not trade. Not nobody, but. It's a trade. And keep in mind, there's, so here's the thing about airlines. You think that they're getting beat up. But the data would Ish. suggest that they're improving. Well, I know people, including myself, that I had airline tickets booked. And then they said, I'm sorry, that flight has now been canceled. And here's another one. Now, what's interesting as a traveler, because I like to travel, is they have said, well, if we bump your flight, then you can automatically like cancel for free or change for free. Like, again, we're not charging like, we'll refund all your money if we bump your flight. And I've had multiple friends that have tried to fly within the last few months that flights have been changed, rerouted. So they're trying to be as efficient as possible because I feel like they can't afford to be right. frivolous yet, right now. Here's, to me, the most important metric. The number of people passing through TSA checkpoints has been on a steady incline for the last number of weeks and continues to climb, even though we hear about the canceled flights and how little money airlines are making and so forth. The schedule is filling up. It used to be nobody in the middle seats. Now people are in the middle seats. The planes are filling back up. The traffic is picking back up. So the trend remains positive underneath the airlines. But for how long, though? Because, I mean, if everything got completely stopped due to COVID, well, it never did completely stop due to COVID. There was always people traveling, but... And see, uh, see I'm just kind of wondering how long the of the data you're pulling then. It's uh, the data from TSA is just government reported data. So trends are going positive, like more people are Correct. traveling. More I think people, people are, are stir crazy through. and it's summer. <laughs> you, we, I, it doesn't. So here's the thing. I don't have to have a real strong opinion why. I just need to acknowledge that it's happening and allow the data to tell me what it tells me. Because the emotional response to this is, as you've just identified, well, I've tried to travel and it's been a cluster. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's been it's a cluster. I still want to go somewhere. I can't. Uh, uh, can't uh, get out. It's, this is a hot mess. What do you expect? <laughs> and so it it stands to reason that, well, it's got to mean that everything's going to shut back down, right? No, I don't and think I that either, not though. Not necessarily. But it does mean that we've got between... So I, like, I think there's a bigger elephant in the room than travel right now or masks or shutdowns. Okay bigger elephant in the room than what we're even really talking about really oh yeah i mean this one okay i will totally do this i will hang i will hang the break on this one there's this elephant in the room and if we don't talk about it we are negligent as investors so we'll cover it when we get back because we can't have negligence now can we no all right this is david littlejohn and katie shuck yeah true wealth on news radio 1240 kqen All right, Katie. Don't be negligent. Yeah, we can't be negligent. If you're just joining us and you're wondering what I am talking about, you got to check out the podcast. It's at littlejohnfs.com. It'll be there posted tomorrow. At, it's under the Educate tab. So you go to littlejohnfs.com right. and you can click into what we're all about. And there's three pillars, right? Educate, plan, plan and invest. Yep. And it's under the Educate tab. So you find it there. And then you'll understand why we can't be negligent. As investors, if you are 
looking at shorter term events. Okay, one of the things that we cannot afford to ignore. We've talked about a number of things today. We've talked about, we just looked at market capitalization, right? Small versus mid and large companies, value versus growth, and we've seen this bias to large companies and growth companies. And I, I suggested it means that this has been sort of a safety trade in a sense. But it's also, Katie, you've kind of mentioned, and I don't think you were wrong about it, that a lot of companies that are going to be able to operate whether the economy is open or closed. Right. Right. So the companies that can serve the economy, whether we get out or stay in. And there are these are real companies, right? You know, this is a, well, Amazon, classic example. It works either way. Right. Because, I mean, there isn't a physical store to walk into. So it's like you're just yeah. your anticipation of ordering things on Amazon are right. just kind of Microsoft, Apple, a lot of these Facebook. I mean, all these digital companies right now, there's a reason they're so popular. The one that's a mystery to me is Tesla. Now, I've what? heard a million analysts that talk about why it's the most brilliant thing in the world and they're going to change the world. And they very well may. I still can't help but look at this and go, it seems like it's vapor. Like you really have to bet the farm. So I guess Tesla to me is the YOLO trade. Right? Oh, well, there yeah. we go. It's I, the YOLO I would agree trade. that. And again, if you don't again, know what YOLO is. Again, this is not is, investment advice. Yeah. So what must we pay attention to to not be negligent in this market? I don't know. You had a big elephant. I'm just curious. The elephant what you're in the room right now is the Federal Reserve. Oh, see, I never would have gotten that one. Okay, so why the Federal Reserve? Because the Federal Reserve... Well, they is, print money. Exactly. They are printing money, and here's the big one. It's the stimulus element. It's not just the Federal Reserve. I was just going to say that. So are we on the lookout for a second stimulus check? Is we, that what we're thinking? Well, well, that's the market sure is, because at the end of July, we're supposed to see the end of the $600 bump for all those unemployment checks. And uh, when that goes away, people are no longer paid less... Paid more, work, yeah. Paid work. more to not work. Paid more yes, to not work. That it's was I use the pernicious incentive goes away, right? Hey, go back to work because you're going to make more money than not working. Right. Now, not everybody was in that situation, so no. I'm not trying to. I'm painting with a roller, but maybe I'm not painting you. There, <laughs> <laughs> please don't paint me. Yeah. <laughs> There's. There's tricky parts to that. You know, the, even the going back to work thing, it's very easy to say, you know what, you should go back to work. But like daycares haven't opened back up. It's summer break. Like I know a lot of parents that are struggling like with the fact that they want to go back to work and they have no daycare. Yep. Like who's going to watch my kids if I go back to work? This is when we talk about, I've used the term before, structural problems. Right. Okay. Structural problems are things that are, they're mechanical barriers in the system. So child care is a structural problem. There's not enough child care. Uh, in a lot of areas of the country, housing is a structural problem. There's not physically enough housing. And so everybody is bidding up and spending more than they really should have to. And, and you know, this is always the, the market will bear what it will bear, right? You, you can charge whatever you can get away with as a landlord. Because if there's no other alternative, then people have to pay. Well, and I, I would flip that and even say real estate. Because I know realtors right now that are like, oh, the market's hot. And I'm like, there's there's not the same inventory. Because I also know people that want to list their house that said, oh, we're not listing right now because of COVID. Like, because we can't show it. So you're getting a lot more contracts where people haven't actually walked the house know. or I, seen the house. It's crazy. I want to see the number of contracts for people that 
they put their house on the market, they get it under contract, and then it comes back out of being under contract. Because I think that we're starting to see the lending standards change. That wouldn't surprise me. And that's what I want to watch for is we're, uh, I won't say which fund, I don't want to create any scare here, but I got a notification that a fund that has been paying a dividend for like 31 years Ooh. suspended their dividend this what? week. What? That's was a, scary. It was a real estate and mortgage-backed fund. Ouch. And that is That's a scary concerning. thing. And a lot of it comes down to think about we've had sort of a suspension on evictions True. and loan forbearance. So a bunch of mortgages and things where people just said, well, you know, you don't have to pay right now. It'll just get pushed out until later. The interest will still accrue, but you don't know it yet. That puts a strain on banks and it puts a strain on landlords. True. Right. Because if the landlord has to deal with a non-paying tenant and they can't remove them, then they have to find a way to absorb that or else it is a problem, right? You know, and that's where the banks and the other issues is. And if here's a here's a really interesting thing. Let's talk data again. Okay, I like data. There are eleven primary sectors in the S and P five hundred. Okay, which they okay. are roughly they are consumer discretionaries, okay. consumer staples, energy, communication services like cell phones and so forth, financials, okay, healthcare, mm -hmm. industrials, okay. And then we have real estate. Okay. That's the newest one that was added. Basic materials, technology, and utilities. Okay. Sounds of, like I use the majority of those. Okay. Of all of these, there are two in particular that are historically viewed as defensive assets. They are utilities, utilities and real estate. Because you still have to have power to live at home. Right. Like you always have to have power or you're living in right. the dark well, ages. Utilities are one of those where, yes, you, you, but when we saw that people could suspend paying their power bills and the power company couldn't shut them off, guess what would normally be a safety play for investors, but that asset class has been in Damaged. limbo since April or since really. I say that has to damage that asset class. Oh, a significantly. Yeah. It's, it's uh, to give you an idea. There's a, an, an index that you can track the ticker symbol if you go look up XLU in Google or Yahoo Finance or something like that. And you'll see that the, the price of the XLU was over $70 a share at the beginning of, or at the end of February. Today it is $58 and some change. Ooh, and that's like after the ah. recovery, right? So it, at one point it was down there below $45 a share. Ouch. So, like getting close from to 45 to 58, you're like, well, if you bought it at 45, you feel pretty good. But if you've owned it since the beginning of the year, you, you are still underwater. Right. Don't like it so much. Although you're happy it's recovering. Sure, you're happy it's recovering. But actually, it's barely recovered since mid April. Gosh. Ouch. Right. It's, uh, I mean, it peaked in mid April, had kind of a quick recovery. And then when the this government solve was, well, you don't have to pay your utility bill. I didn't remember hearing about the utility bill. There's thing. been there, there was loan forbearance, and then there's also been you know utility accommodation, and it creates a challenge. It does. So, utilities have been interesting, uh, not a safe haven asset. Uh, what do you think the best performing asset has been in the 
response to in in terms of how COVID is. I would actually say out. I would guess discretionary. So discretionary is actually doing quite well, but it's not the leader. Consumer staples? No, consumer staples have flatlined since April. They're 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 the trend is approximately positive, but it's been It's cuz everybody still has toilet normal. paper at home. Um Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Cheap shot. Um I'll technology. Ding ding ding. Are people Technology. upgrading all their cell phones? And no, because They're, when people went home, they had to buy computers and laptops yep. and iPads for homeschool and and, and internet ah, and other subscriptions technology. and all that stuff. So all right, technology has been the leader of the pack. Okay, well, that third time's a charm. The the technology sector has gone on to achieve all time highs, even after. Well, COVID weren't local places like out of laptops? Like they're just now getting stock yes. in laptops again and people yes. can actually get them again. And yeah. Oh, make no mistake. The supply chain in general has been disrupted. Oh, it's and broken. It still is. It's still broken. Right. Uh, everything from the availability of real estate to the ability to get mortgages. Those are mechanical. But then you see things like how come sometimes there's no hamburger? Yeah, there are certain restaurants that are missing certain elements of their key staple items that they sell. Yeah, and so you go like, yeah, okay. Like, sometimes it's like lettuce and tomato or different things. It may not even be hamburger. It's like, well, you can have hamburger, right. but it's plain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Crazy. what are investors to do? Okay, and what is it we want to do as investors and not traders? Oh. Well, we'll talk about it. After the break. Yep, after our last break. So you, you want a few pointers for how to position moving forward not investment advice but things to think about that we'll cover that when we come back this is david littlejohn and katie shuck you got true wealth on news radio 1240 kqen i gotta hand it to them for creativity though i was just worried that i'd have to wear a mask on the boat yeah, that's... Which we didn't have to, because I was like, Good. how's that going to work? You're Good. going 60 miles an hour down the river. Welcome back to the True Well Show, right. where off screen, we talk about weird stuff. <laughs> Things like how... You Jet know, boat excursions. <laughs> I talk about this a lot, the theater of safety these days. The uh, theater of safety? It's the safety theater. <laughs> um, while masks have... They may prevent you from like sneezing on somebody if it's aerosol and you're in the vicinity you know is it theater does it really do anything these uh you're seeing screens and face masks and helmets and shields and whatever and i'm like is it really safety or not uh you know one argues that i could argue that the the tsa it's theater i don't know that they really do a whole lot for airplane safety but they do what are you talking about i totally couldn't take that shampoo on the, on the airplane yeah that shampoo is Deadly. Darn dangerous. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I guess at some point or another they've stopped a, a few things. But, uh, you know, the days of terrorists taking over airplanes, like everybody kind of went from, you know, just sitting down and cooperate to, well, if you're going to try to use the plane as a weapon, we may as well not go down without a fight. So it's a totally different ball game now than it was back in, say, the 80s. Right. We used to hear about these hostage situations. Right. Anyway, I way digress. Sorry. Yes. Um, okay. So some final thoughts for everybody as we're looking at the markets and we're talking about investing. How to not be negligible. How to look at it from a pro's eyes, not just a trader. More so. And, and so first of all, if you're a trader, you need to understand something. Uh, trading is speculative in nature. 
and your time horizon is shorter by definition and you need to have rules of engagement. Even as an investor with long-term time horizon, I have rules of engagement. There are no-go zones where you find that if you can't understand something and it just doesn't make sense anymore. You just don't go you there. You just say, you know what, there are too many things that do make sense that are good opportunities. I don't need to chase something and just hope for the best. Right. That is a clumsy and reckless thing, and that genuinely is gambling. A lot of people think investing is gambling. It's like a big, just a big casino. And no, I, I disagree. Okay, but you can do things that are a big casino. Oh yeah. And so totally speculate on stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I have met some people that are traders, and they're extraordinarily successful. I mean, I've talked about, I've watched people make six figures in a couple hours before. Ooh. Started on a pretty good, you know, you had to start with a lot of money to make that much, but they were capable of doing it. And I've seen it happen in real time. So I know that it is possible, but the number of people that can successfully do it are extraordinarily low. The individual that I knew was somebody that had trading floor experience and decades in the business. And he spent a bunch of money on data and feeds and things that you just, you cannot patty cake this stuff. It was, it, it was, was legit. It was significant he was and just intensive. in it. Uh, and he will tell you that he's had some massive failures too, but had rules of engagement that you don't violate. And that's the deal. Sometimes you just, you, know, you got to know when to walk away and it's all about discipline and you, you, you have your strategy and your game plan before you ever get started. Sorry, Kenny Loggins just went into my head. No when to walk away, no yeah. when to run. That's the thing. Investing is a little different. It's not bound by the same time horizon restrictions. If you're worried about buying into the market this very moment, then I would say it's probably because you have a time horizon concern. If you're 10 years out, the price of the market today is far less likely to be a major contributor to your success. Right. Right. Your entry point today for your profits 10 years from now are, are far less likely. I'm not going to say it can't happen. Somebody's going to go out there and say, well, in this specific circumstance, lightning struck. And I'll go, okay, you found it. Good job, stat checker. <laughs> but it, so it, it, there's yeah, always, the one it's out like of a I, million. It's, I said probably, I didn't say always. Right. Okay? But for investors, first off, you've got to do what you can to get out of your heart and into your brain. That's the first step. You have to be thinking, not hoping, not feeling, not praying, not using your gut, not making deals with God. If you just let this happen, I'll never do it again. Okay, no, it's a terrible idea. You need to be disciplined. And you also need to understand uh, there's, a, there's a reason that diversification gets preached so often. Uh, Warren Buffett said it really well. It is protection for the ignorant. Oh, that's I've okay. never heard you quote that one. Diversification is protection for the ignorant. Now that sounds a little bit condescending. But it's not. I mean, you not. don't know what you don't know. And we've and said so that multiple Warren times Buffett on the air. Often says, look, if you're not a gonna be able to do the research and, and be committed to something and really get after it with concentration and, and believe in something that you're willing to stomach and ride through then buy the whole market. That's what mutual funds are for, is you get a broad swath and lots of exposure. And so you don't have to bet the farm on any one thing. You just get the whole category. And then there'll be some winners and some losers in there. But if the aggregate of the category is working, you'll be okay. There you go. So 
and, and probably the big one, we preach this on the show all the time, is if you are lost on this stuff, don't wing it. Nah, right? not there's, with your financial future. There's lots don't of people do that. that can help. There's lots of different types of advisors, lots of personalities. We are still accepting clients at this point, and our team is still uh, happy to work with folks. If you think, you know what, you guys are losers. There's no way I'd want to talk to you. Okay, then find somebody that works for you. Okay, if it's not here, then find somebody that works for you. Right. And if it is here, then, and here meaning if it's Little John Financial, then call or go online. You can, there's a bunch of different ways to reach out. And here's the, here's the secret, right? Even if you don't become a client, we'll help anybody. We got a really simple rule. Yeah, we'll help anybody, but but not everybody becomes a client. Right. Like some people aren't ready to become clients. But everybody that walks in the door, as we say, if you walk in the door, you should walk out better than you came in. Yes. Okay, and that's just our our rule. It's how we operate. So you you should leave in a better position than you came in, even if you were like and looking by the way, for direction somewhere. Right now, that's a metaphorical walk. Right, you can do it over a Zoom meeting or online. It doesn't mean you have to On literally phone, walk into our door. Yeah. We will so. happily meet you where you're at with technology. That's it. So. Anyway, how do they reach us, Katie? 541-375-0898. You can also do info at littlejohnfs.com. Check out our website. Message us on Facebook. We're all around. Figure it out. All right, gang. Well, you hear the music, so we're out of time. Uh, Thanks for tuning in as always. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN.